Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Baylor finally gets their signature win in the Big 12 Conference, and also Houston survives and just keeps winning. BYU with a big-time rally. Iowa State wins on the road. And more coming up from a busy Saturday in the Big 12 Conference. This is the Big 12 Watch. I am your host, Josh Neighbors, here on Crystal Ball College Football, part of the 365 Sports Network, the best place for all of your Big 12 coverage. You all can find us wherever you get your podcasts, and you guys can find us on YouTube as well. If you find us in podcast places, five stars, please. Also, if you find us on YouTube, please like the video, subscribe to the channel. All those things are very, very helpful for us. And you guys can find me on Twitter at NWPod365, also at Josh Neighbors underscore. Yesterday's Big 12 best bets, folks. It was a good day uh, because we had Texas Tech, we had Baylor, we had Iowa State. All of those teams won. All of those teams covered. The one, though, that just got away from us, TCU plus seven. And I didn't check actually around yesterday to see what the lines were. I usually check to see where the best prices are to kind of get those best lines. That's what you should do. Uh, if you if you all are in states where you can shop around and find good lines and good value and all those things. I know not everybody is in Arkansas. We only have three sports books slash casinos. So I know it can be difficult depending on where you are. But that being said, uh, find that best price. Probably could have gotten eight. Didn't find an eight though. Didn't even look for an eight. And TCU, uh, you know, the fact that I mean, they lose, they lose by 12, whatever. But like the whole point is they should not have even, they should have covered. Uh, they should not have, maybe, maybe lost the game. Yes, covered. They definitely should have. So let's talk about Baylor though. Big game in the Big 12 yesterday. The biggest of all was Kansas and Baylor. Not necessarily a Big 12 championship game, uh, you know, meaning a whole lot in that category because uh, I think at this point, those teams cannot win. The only teams left that can win the Big 12 championship are the Iowa State Cyclones and the Houston Cougars. Uh, Baylor is three games back. Iowa State's one game back. There are two games left to play as we close out the season, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. But still, a big result nonetheless, because I thought Baylor had shown championship quality at times. I thought the last KU game, they didn't show the killer instinct. I thought the game against Houston, they were outplayed for most of the game. The fact they were a free throw away from winning the game or being up late in that game, I think showed you how good they are because Houston's a bona fide number one seed. There's an, I mean, they're number one team in the AP poll. There's a good argument. They're the best team in the country. You could argue for UConn. You could argue for Purdue. I think you could definitely argue. I mean, Tennessee right now where they're playing, you also argue for Houston, a legitimate argument for them as the number one team in America. And, and Baylor was right there. I know it was home, but Baylor was right there. So I think for them to get this one over KU 82-74 was important. Also, they did it with uh, KU head Kevin McCullough. Turns out Bill Self was being a bit coy when he said, we might be without Kevin for the rest of the season. Now, uh, hindered? Yes, I would say he is a bit hindered. Uh, still had a really good game though. He scored 20 points on nine of 19 shooting to miss every single three he took also had five rebounds, but, uh, you know, he looked like about as, as, as good as, you know, as he normally does. Um, and so it's it good that KU was able to get him back, 
But Baylor, I thought, was very impressive in this game because they did a couple things. They established uh, Missy in in one-on-one situations. He was 7 for 12, 17 points, 5 rebounds. Dickinson did have a great game. He had 20 points, 6 rebounds, 4 blocks. So he did get the better of Missy a couple times on that end. But still, love the way they spread it out. And they said, all right, Missy is a better athlete than Hunter Dickinson is. So we want Missy to attack right? We're going to have him attack certain times and, and let him work off the dribble. You know, this is a guy who's, who's got some stuff that he can do off the bounce, had, had a nice spin move, got blocked one time off a spin, but still, he's got some things he can do operationally with that ball off the bounce. And so I think that was a part of what we saw was, was him attacking in those ways, those different kinds of ways, trying to show off the arsenal, not just show it off, but also like use it effectively, right? And, and try to establish that and make sure that teams and defenses have to account for what he's doing when it comes to uh, you know him being off the bounce. So I, I thought that was smart. And, and the big story out of this game, I thought was that, and also Jaden Nunn. The VCU transfer has been averaging 11 points a game and it's been part of the arsenal of guards that they have. He had four turnovers, but he had 18 points. He had five rebounds as well. He was seven for eight from the floor. He was three for three from deep. And on a night where, uh, you know, Jacoby Walter took nine and only made two and Jalen Bridges was one of four. Now he had a big one in the corner, but the three point shooting was not, uh, was not effective uh, for the most part from a lot of the guys, you know, Ray J Dennis had one, but I thought Jaden Nunn's 18 really stood out to me. Uh, I, I thought that was the, the big part of this game. And also another big part of this game, the defense was really strong. I thought from Baylor, um, they played zone. It didn't always work, but I, I thought when it didn't work, it was because KJ Adams was so fast at getting passes off or moving the ball extra. And so he had four assists in this game and he only scored six points and had four fouls. But I thought him moving the basketball against the zone was very effective. I thought Dewan Harris also moved the basketball very well against the zone. And playing zone against KU is hard, but they did it to enough effect to win the game. And I thought their offense, once again, spread them out, attack them. They're not always going to make shots. They're going to go through cold spells. But they do have the person. Like Once again, it's not – this Baylor team is not Butler, Teague, and, and, uh, and Mitchell. They don't have three guys like that. But – how many teams do? And I think Dennis Walter and none, um, you know, are, are plus throwing bridges who I know they technically call forward, but also has got some guard sensibilities and skills. I think, you know, he, you could throw him in that mix too. They've got enough on the perimeter to win a national championship. I don't know to go to a final four. I really do believe that. I think Baylor's got the final four. They got a final four top five. I think Dennis Walter, none, Missy and bridges are enough to get you to a final four. Um, bench, I know Loner and, and they got a couple other guys too. It's, it's a, it's a short team they've got, but still your best five against other teams, best five. They've got a final four, top five, in my opinion, Kansas losing eighth game. Also, I've seen a lot of complaining about big 12 officials on Twitter slash X guys. I like the way they call games. I, I promise you all as somebody who's watched basketball across the country, uh, this, this season. And I always have, and, um, I know that there is a lot to be said about the officials not doing the big 12 any favors because once the tournament hits the way the games are called is not the same. I understand that. I understand all of you feeling that way. That being said, 
it's much more aesthetically pleasing. And how much is it really affecting them? Because the last three national champions have come from the Big 12, the Big 12, and then the Big East. And the Big East, their officials also are well known for letting you get into street fights, basically. So I think like you'd much rather have the Big 12 crews than ACC crews. I saw the clip from McCullum. We'll get to the, the end of the game, the push off in the Oklahoma game. But still, like this game had... 25 personal fouls called total in it. Um, the Arkansas game I, I had to cover yesterday for the radio station I work for had 23, had actually 30 fouls in the second half, I think total. Um, and it had 23 with like eight minutes left to go. So you'd rather have, you'd rather have what the big 12 has in my opinion. Um, but a huge win for Baylor, Kansas nine and seven in the league. Like this is just, it's been a deep league, a tough league, and they're not a deep team. And I think there's some serious questions. Once again, that top five is a really good top five, but they just don't seem to be an especially strong team this year. KU. Uh, it's a really good 21 and eight. They've had a lot of great wins, but still is just a lot of questions. When it comes to the title race, Baylor, or excuse me, uh, Houston, 87, Oklahoma, 85. They've come up, uh, up short at home a couple times this year. It was another strong Justin Roberts game. I think the 10 for 12 from him with the 20 points was huge. I think LJ Cryer, obviously, 23 was big. Jamal Shedd, not another great shooting night, but when the chips were down, Jamal Shedd misses the first one, gets it back, makes the second one. Uh, Houston won this game with offense. Uh, they were 54, uh, 57% from the floor. They were 53% from three. They were nine for 11 from the stripe. This was a really strong offensive effort from them. And I thought Oklahoma's offensive effort, 53 from the floor, 48 from three, 83 from the line. If you told me they shot that way, I would probably tell you they won the game against, against Houston. They did some things. They had a great shooting night. But Houston showed that they could absorb a great offensive shooting night and go out there and beat a team. And look, I'm not sure how many great offensive and great defensive teams we're going to find. I mean, you can go to Ken Palm. And I guess like the team that I would I would posit to say, hey, They've got the great offense and the great defense. Um, Tennessee, I think, is a team that you could throw up there and say, hey, the way this team looks on offense, the way that we know they can defend, they can win games high scoring. They, I thought the Alabama game last night, they won in a more lower scoring fashion, I guess you could say, right? Uh, lower scoring fashion is, I guess, the way you could put that. But I think for Oklahoma to go, uh, to, you know, for, for Houston to go on the road, and now 26 and three, 13 and three in the league overall. And once again, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight wins in that winning streak. You know, they got wins at Cincinnati, tough place. They beat Texas by 21. They beat Iowa State at number six country by eight. They went on the road and beat Baylor. They beat, and they were, they were barely ever trailing in that game. And they go on the road and they beat Oklahoma, obviously very motivated and prepared Oklahoma team. This Houston run right now is crazy. And they've they've peaked at the right time, right? I mean, you know, I think their style of basketball bodes well for a tournament setting. Like, I think you want to be the team that's got good guard play and defends really hard. Um, I think that's, that's who you want to be. I know there's some questions about, once again, if it turns into a firefight, do you think they have the horses? I think they do. I think between Fire and Shed and Sharp and Roberts, I think they've got enough. I, I really think they do. But uh, in terms of a regular season championship, you know, you've got another top 10 team right on your heels in Iowa State, and you're still just keeping them at bay. Keeping them at bay. Really impressed by what they've done. And that brings us to Iowa State, 
who we have to talk about, you know, 60 to 52 win yesterday um, in a, I mean, the, the second half was a just knockdown, drag it out fight. And we know how good Iowa state's been at home. It's another example of them getting the job done on the road. King was the big one for them today. Seven for 11 from the floor. He had 16 and six. Jones gives them 11 off the bench, despite just going two for nine, but also six uh, rebounds and three assists. I mean, this was just a grinded out effort and uh, three point defense. I thought their perimeter defense was good. I know I've mentioned this too. Three point defense sometimes can be a function of other teams missing shots, but that also has to be considered here that, um, you know, one for 19 for UCF from three, like that is you're, you're doing something right. It's not just them missing the shots. It's a little bit of both on the road. You cause that bad of a shooting performance. We should give you your flowers for that. So Iowa state, your flowers, and you're still one game back still with a chance to get a draw or win outright. You know, I don't think Houston will lose their last two games, but they still have a chance to win the championship. There is still an opportunity for that. Let's go next to Texas Tech picking up an 81-70 win on the road. Darion Williams, 17-8 and eight in this game. Pop Isaacs, uh, the bad shooting performance didn't really matter, but I love the way they played in the second half and really good defense. In fact, they're 20-9 and nine on the season. They needed this win. They got this win. Not going to talk too long about it, but I wanted to mention that. The big comeback of the day belonged to BYU. They rallied from, I think, 17 down to come back. They were down with 17 at the half. Uh, they scored 58 points in the second half of this game. TCU is 41 from the floor, 50 from three, 82 from the line, still lost the game. An obscene second half. And Nell was fantastic. Traore was fantastic for BYU. Them rallying, getting a nine and seven in the league. It guarantees that they're going to be at least 500. They had a week where they went and won it out in Fieldhouse. They rallied from 17 down at home against, against TCU. They've got the ingredients, I think, to cause some teams some problems in March. I, well, not just cause problems. They can, win a, they can win a bunch of games. They can win a bunch of games in March. Then they can go to the Sweet 16. Then they can go to the Elite Eight. Not sure they can go to the Final Four. Not sure defensively they're elite enough. I would, I would wonder about that. But, I mean, the way they can share the basketball makes you, makes you consider them in the running to potentially go to the final four. I think that has to be, uh, you know, excuse me, elite eight, like go that far. So I think I would go that far when I, when I mentioned them, uh, Texas beats Oklahoma state 81 65. Dylan DeSue has been so strong for them. They get to 500 in the league and they split the last couple games. They'll get 20 wins in the season. So it's been talked about them being a bubble team potentially. No, not, not, not really. K state big loss at Cincinnati. It felt like it was a game. They just really, they could have propelled themselves forward. Right now, Joe Lenardi's got them in his next four out. And uh, some teams picked up some big wins. Gonzaga picked up a big win. Utah won this weekend. So you've got these other teams. You know, Ole Miss won. Uh, A&M won on the road to Georgia. So you've got these other teams that are kind of ahead of you or in the mix getting victories. You did not. I think K-State now needs to win. They need to win at least three of the next four games they play. I got Kansas in the road. And then Iowa State, and I think if that's the case, you're going to win two in the tournament, right? 17 and 12 is 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 not terrible in the league that they're in. They just didn't do enough good work. I mean, they got a win over Providence non-conference. Win over Villanova now looks better. Win at LSU looks pretty decent. But your wins in conference, UCF, uh, you know, you you uh, you beat Baylor, right? Uh, you beat Oklahoma State. You have the five-game losing streak. You got the KU win. 
BYU win, but you're not stacking up enough. And so you've got some chances here, but they're going to need to rack up some good wins. They were to somehow win uh, the KU game and the Iowa State game. Yeah, they're in, but that's a tough ask. It's a very, very tough ask to go in to get those two wins. Uh, so that is kind of the last bubble team. And I don't think Cincinnati can play their way back in unless they go on a massive run here. I mean, they didn't win three or four straight games, but six and 10 in the league, not good enough in my opinion. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at NWPod365. You all can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. You guys can find the show wherever you get your podcast. You all can find us on YouTube as well. All right, folks, we'll talk to you manana.